Today's episode is going to be about real estate investing trends of 2024. You know, I foresee some big changes coming in 2024 and maybe some things are going to stay the same, but I am going to give us our thoughts on, on where things are going. We're going to use a crystal ball to predict the future. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. Right, so our first episode of 2024. 2024, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Well, we're recording this. Just a little insider tip, we're recording this in 2023, but, you know. A few days early, actually. The magic. It's not even... <laughs> The magic of film, I right. guess you could say. Snap. It's 2024. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody declare this year, your year. Okay. Okay. And no one declare like it's going to be like an uneventful year. So I can't say this is the year of Pete? No. No? No. Okay. Please don't. I'm not going to say Please don't it. say that because it's going to not be the year of Pete and you just jinxed yourself. So. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I okay. said I was asking a question about it. It's questionable. All right. Well, today's <laughs> episode is going to be about real estate investing trends of 2024. So I foresee, you know, I foresee some big changes coming in 2024 and maybe some things are going to stay the same, but I am going to kind of give us our thoughts on, on where things are going. So we're kind of in the trenches of real estate investing. Wait, uh, you're going to give them our thoughts? Right. Do I get a thought in our oh, thoughts? Oh yeah, well there's, oh, okay. I've got spaces for you to kind of say your, I, I prepared a little outline. Oh. I put my thoughts on here. Okay. But I know you're going to have your own thoughts. You're your own person, Heather. Thank you. That's you remind so, me of that's that all so the time. Nice of you to say. Um, so we're using like a magic. What do they call that? What? Where you see the crystal future. ball. Crystal ball. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We're going to use a crystal ball to predict the future. And as everyone knows, that that goes about 50 percent. You know. Well, there's there's a couple things. First of all, I already see trends happening. Okay. So we're going to be talking about those things. I appreciate that. Input. We're also going to be talking about our predictions for 2024. Okay. And kind of a little bit of context if you're new to the podcast. Uh, we are heavily involved deep into the real estate investing industry in the fact of we have a, a land flipping business and our land flipping di business did over $8 million in revenue in 2023. And I project kind of doubling that or maybe even more than that in 2024. We're heavily involved in real estate investing and not just land flipping. We do some other things as well, mm -hmm. but uh, the majority of what we do is land flipping business. So we're going to talk heavily about land flipping and, and other parts of uh, real estate investing as well. Yeah. And so. we're filming in front of a live studio audience today. We are. Our dog, our Shih Tzu. Has decided to join us for this. So if you hear any weird things, it's it's definitely her. So maybe she's interested in, in investing in real estate. Well, she's got her own portfolio, mm -hmm. but you know, so this year she's really going to kick it up a notch though. Okay. I appreciate that. I, I like her, um, her drive, but I'm going to jump in with my opinions. Where do you want to get started? Well, let's talk about what, what people find the most interesting, which is, uh, the lead generation side of things. Right. Like where do you get the deals? Where do you get the leads at? And I see some things kind of changing. I see some trends happening right now. Mm -hmm. I see some some things that will kind of play out in 2024, but ultimately we will see, like you said. So the first thing is text messaging. Now, text messaging as, as an outbound lead source, in my opinion, is going to be kind of dwindling as we 
you know, progress into 2024. There were some what recent, a bummer. You don't like the text message uh, regeneration. Okay. Well, Heather's not a big fan of it, so we must all get drop it. it. Huh? It's because you don't get the text. I mean, you don't get it. No, you literally don't get it. You don't get the text. <laughs> I still get text messages from properties that people think we own that were owned by banks in 2008. Mm-hmm. Right. That I never owned. I just was managing the, you know, for when we were doing REOs. It's bad skip tracing. Exactly. But the thing is, like, you don't get those. I hate getting them. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Yeah, for some reason, I'm not on a lot of these lists. I don't. Um, and we've we've owned hundreds and hundreds of properties. Right. And I don't get texts for any of those. And it's, your phone out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of bathroom walls. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, that's what's so funny. Yeah. All over the bathroom walls. No, but so. the funny thing is, like, I, I like shield my phone number and it's everywhere. Strange. Anyway, so it just shows that it's not an exact science and there's some really big loopholes. But why do you think it's going to? Well, in, in 2023, there was a lot of regulations kind of enacted. I mean, things have been kind of tightening up for a while mm-hmm. on that. So a lot of the cell phone carriers, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, they've put in some procedures in place where they don't want this stuff continuing. You know, this outbound text message marketing. They want it to, to stop because mm-hmm. it provides their users a bad experience. So they're doing everything they can to kind of throttle that back. Mm-hmm. So it is still possible. There are new regulations, A2P regulations, they call it. So it is still possible to use text messaging within your business, but to start up a cold conversation with people that don't know you or don't know anything about you, it's going to be more and more difficult. So um, the people that, you know, using text messaging will be used more for furthering a relationship mm-hmm. with with the lead that's already come into your ecosystem rather than generating that first contact and that, that first conversation with them. They're just making it harder and harder. So you can still do the messaging, mm-hmm. but it has to be done in a way that's compliant, which means it's less effective than it used to be. And I do appreciate that. Like having said I don't like text messaging in that way. I love, like, we can text our doctor's office. Mm-hmm. I like being able to text. It's so much better even than email, if it's just a quick whatever. Yep. I mean, I like emailing. So I can see how that, that we shouldn't be investing more in when we get that lead saying, what's your favorite communication? Where do you, how do you like to communicate? I notice a lot of companies ask that and they still don't do it. Like, right. it'll be like, what's your favorite form of communication? Text messages and email. And then I only get phone calls. And I'm like, where did the breakdown go? Oh, we just ask. I'm like, why bother? Yeah. So, and, and along those lines, you mm-hmm. know, while we're talking about text messaging, we're investing heavily into that that second part of it, you know, furthering mm-hmm. the communication with, with the lead. Mm-hmm. You know, that really helps with speed to lead. I mean, speed to lead is simply just it's responding to a lead as quickly as you possible. You said speed to lead. Right. It sounded like you said speed delete. Speed delete. Okay. Well, I do that speed as well sometimes. Speed to lead. Speed to lead. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is a concept of responding to a lead as quickly as possible. Right. You're going to get a much higher, con- uh, you know, connection rate with those leads that the leads that, that come in. So, you know, using AI tools, using mm-hmm. AI in order to create that initial contact with the the lead that comes in and furthering that conversation, qualifying them, getting them booked on an appointment with our acquisition managers. So mm-hmm. that's where we're we're using that uh, that AI tool, but the text messaging, but the, the lead does not originate with a cold outbound right. text. Right. So that's that's the difference. But where that next piece. I think is going to be really, really important in 2024. And like I said, we're investing a lot into that. A lot of people don't like to talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. So they might call in and be like, have to psych themselves up to, or hype themselves up, not psych themselves out, but hype, hype up to call. Yep. And then if they can't talk to the person they need to, so then you have to call back and they're like over it. Right. So, but if you could text them back and like, hey, sorry, I just missed you. 
you know, that might really work. Right. Okay. And and, and doing it in a smart way. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about those preset chatbot things that have been out for, for many years now, but those feel like they're conjured up. It, it doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. But the AI tools that are available now, basically integrating with, with um, ChatGPT or some of the other AI platforms, make it a real conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, responding, responding to whatever the request is from the lead, and then also taking them down a the path of qualification to make sure that you're booking appointments with leads uh, that are actually motivated to sell mm-hmm. and potentially reasonable as well. You know, another along the same lines as artificial intelligence or AI stuff, um, we're really investing in, or not, I shouldn't say investing, but we're really going to be increasing our use of that. This past month, actually past week, I had two situations where I really needed some guidance and stuff that was pretty specialized. You know, everyone's gone on the holidays and I just used chat GPT and it was amazing. It was amazing. It was so much better than when it just came out months ago. So I wonder how it's been a year actually. Has it really been a year? Yes. Isn't that funny? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. I, that You're right. But that's mm-hmm. still weird. It feels like just a couple months ago. It's already like exponentially getting better. So I wonder how we can use that in other places. What do you think? There's so many ways that we can use it and we need to be identifying those mm-hmm. those things. And basically the way I see it, I, I don't see it as like a replacement for a lot of people right. uh, or staff. I see it as a way to kind of um, give our staff kind of like superpowers, right. like leverage, leverage what they do and make them even more valuable. It helps with like those quick questions. Like I used to just Google and then try to decipher through the answers. And I said, why am I doing that? Like pretend to be this person who does this and tell me an answer to this. And like, okay, tell me that. I also had to have it help me write two things this past week. It's amazing what it can do. Yeah. And you know where where the next kind of piece of that, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously the text messaging is we're we're investing into that. Mm -hmm. But the next part of that is AI voice. You know, oh, voices yeah. that sound like like real humans, mm-hmm. not not these things when you call up on a, on a phone, uh, you know, call a company up and it's these kind of pre-recorded things. I mean, th- those just don't seem, seem real. They're mm-hmm. kind of computer generated voices, but they're just you know, that's been around forever. It's nothing. But this is having real conversation with the lead. And I think this will come in um, into play really when we've got inbound phone calls, mm-hmm. you know, generated from from our, you know, direct mail or something like that. But inbound phone calls where an AI receptionist answers, qualifies the lead and has, has a full conversation with them. And I think it's actually, I mean, just from what I can do with ChatGPT, I think we're there. Yeah. Like it's responding back. Like if you said, hey, be casual, like, you know, don't be yeah. so. Yeah, there's a couple issues. I think mm-hmm. sometimes there's a there's a latency thing, meaning mm-hmm. it, it kind of takes too long for it to respond. Mm-hmm. But there's a number of those issues that are already getting cleaned up and will be this year. I think it'll be kind of it'll be out there. It'll it'll be used heavily. Mm-hmm. Another real estate kind of thing that this reminds me of, I think we could probably use it in advertising too, um, like to do specialized ads and stuff. Do you remember mm. like the do you remember those? Is it Barbara Cochran? It would be like. Um, there'd Barbara be like Corcoran. Corcoran. Thank yes. you. Cochran. I'm coming up with that. Johnny um, Cochran, Barbara, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I know, as you can tell, I'm, I'm really good <laughs> with those with finding words sometimes, but our names, um, but anyways, there were these commercials that would come on and she'd be like doing this whole ad. And then she'd like, I want to introduce you to my local agent. You know, it was like Sylvester, <laughs> yes, you know, that's right. Romero. And then she'd go back. So the voice was totally off, right? They recorded at different times on different microphones and everything. And it just didn't sound right. Yeah. Well, it's, it was like not even her voice. Oh, really? Oh. I mean, it really, maybe it was like, maybe I'm off. Maybe it was, but it did not. And it was always like, I 100% don't value this ad at all because it's like, she doesn't like, maybe she does know them, but I'm thinking she doesn't. But I'm thinking that we could even be doing 
you know, like say we did something like that in different areas or mm. reaching different people at different times or even just having the AI write some ads. I was talking about how like when I was doing the blogging and a lot of times you get those talking points you'd need to include in there and having that added in, you know, like the yeah. AI. So how could we use that for maybe even our letters to be more like if we added the AI program that helped our outbound letters? I don't know. There's a lot of things we could mm. do. Yeah, well, that's really interesting. But yeah. like, where does it like, I mean, we I say this, but you and I could sit here for the next five hours and I could just be like, you know, <laughs> vomiting different ideas out and stuff. because I have birds. Appreciate you not vomiting. <laughs> but the different, you know what I mean? Like, I think that if I was going to pick, maybe at the end of this, we'll, you'll say something else and I'll be like, yeah, that's it. My prediction is that we're going to, once we, we, we have a lot of projects right now, once we get through these projects and we have time to really use AI and all these different things, and I use AI as a loose term for pretty much all of that stuff. I guess it falls under that umbrella, but not just chat GPT stuff or just text messaging or whatever, or responding. I think AI is going to be the biggest prediction mm-hmm. to help real estate in general. Yeah. Okay, go on, carry on. Yeah. It's interesting with business, you know, like you have lots of different tools and lots of different things available to mm-hmm. you, but it's the way you combine them all in yeah. a unique way to to solve a unique problem. So right. I, I, I know. That's, that's the that's the whole key. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, getting back to lead generation. Mm-hmm. So, text messaging, I think that's going to be waning. So, hopefully, if you have relied heavily on text messaging, you will be looking into other forms of lead generation to, you know, keep that lead flow up. So, it's no. not the end of the world, you know. Uh, things, you know, uh, increase and decrease in effectiveness over time. Just being able to pivot and and uh, go with what's working. That's that's the whole thing I want to point out. So, if you're into text messaging right now or you're into any of these, actually, you need to be having, you need to add more things. Don't put all your eggs in one basket and you mm-hmm. need to be thinking ahead. So you're thinking of tomorrow, not today. Yeah. And we've learned that ourselves, you know, years ago, that was like a downfall when we've had problems. It's like, oh, we're, this works so well, we're just doing this. And we didn't kind of take into the big picture and say, well, what if this happens? Yeah. You know, and thankfully we've, hopefully we've gotten smarter. I think we have. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Or so. more experience, I should more say. More experience. Yeah. So the next thing I have on here is kind of back to the basics, you know, mm-hmm. And when I say back to the basics, direct mail has been something that has worked for forever, mm-hmm. you know, in real estate investing. It's going to continue to work for the foreseeable future for sure. Mm-hmm. So I think I think having that at least as a, as a portion of your outbound lead generation, I think will be um, you'd be well served. Uh, we've generated so many deals off of direct mail and we continue to. It's our major source of lead generation. But we are. Uh, working on other avenues as well in in 2024, and you know, hopefully, my idea is to have many different things kind of generating these leads and coming in from from all different areas. So diversify, diversify, um, and uh, along the lines, I think postcards. I don't know if you have them in there are not. I think those are on their way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even read them. Yeah. yeah, I get a lot of postcards. Yeah, you know, I, I almost think that that postcards as far as like a, a cold, like first outreach mm-hmm. type thing is going to be tough to get the business. I could see it working well for like a follow up, like, yeah, follow up or retargeting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you've already talked to them and just say, Hey, I'm trying to reach you or something, you know, like that type of thing. Like if maybe, that's yeah. the case, I think mm-hmm. that you need to make sure that you have a really good visual on your first one outreach. So it ties into the second one and the third one, because like, I don't look at the postcards really. I mean, I, I probably glance at it. Right. Cause I, maybe right. it says something eye-catching, I'm sure I would see it. But I think that if you have some sort of visual on your main letter, I don't know, a logo that's a fr- like eye-catching, and then you have that same visual, I might then, it might trigger, even if I don't do anything with that postcard, I might be like, oh, that letter. Mm-hmm. And most likely I kept the letter. Right. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. What about what about something specialized to them? You know, like a picture of their house, a picture of their piece right. of land. Yeah. Oh know? my gosh, that's see, that's mm-hmm. really good. Or even just something that says the area. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so could it, be like following up on our offer that we gave you on your piece of land. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So the different things can be tested. So, but but yeah, as far as the cold part part of the outreach, I don't think postcards are really as effective. You know, maybe service type businesses they do well with that, but. You know, real estate investing is a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. I don't know. That, that's always been kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, the postcards. But the letters for us have been way more, you know, been really effective for us at least. So okay. another thing, uh, old is new again. You know, we, we hear people going back to cold calling. Obviously, that's been around forever. And generally, when I'm saying cold calling, you're probably not going to be making all these calls yourself. Probably going to be hiring a service that knows how to manage all that and manage all the reps does everything like that. The one thing that we've noticed on that, we've we've invested into cold calling recently, is that you get a lot of leads. A lot of them are not qualified, meaning they're not motivated to sell. They're unreasonable with their pricing and things like that. So if you're going to do that, you either have to have a lot of time to kind of sift through those leads or have a team that's experienced and ready to kind of uh, spend a lot of time disqualifying those leads, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that are not real leads. <laughs> so right. the other thing, pay-per-click. Pay-per-click is another area that we're investing into that that was really hot for a while. And it is hot for um, a lot of, um, you know, people, home flippers and things like that. Um, but we're, we're experimenting with it with land flipping. So we'll see where that goes. And then finding deals on the MLS. That's always been a thing. Mm-hmm. So when it becomes more of a buyer's market, which it's trending towards at least, you should have some opportunities there on the MLS, listings that are old, listings where there's value-added opportunities. You know, Say you identify a property where it's, it's worth what it's worth now, but if you split it up and you create all that value, then maybe it's something that, uh, that you could work with. So I think some of those larger deals and things like that may be uh, a good avenue for you to pick up deals on the MLS. No marketing dollars except for time. Right. Acquisitions. Okay. So uh, this is kind of, you know, uh, related, but in in a little bit of a different category. I think cash will always be attractive to some sellers. So that will be the best solution to a lot of sellers to solve their problem. They need immediate cash. They want to close on this deal. They want to get away from this property, whatever, whatever the situation is. So there's going to be a subset of the population that's always going to be ripe for, um, you know, a cash purchase. I think there will be some some opportunities or a lot of opportunities in the creative side of things. You know, like we were talking about, say you identify a property where there's a lot of value to be added if you do something to it. You split it up or you create a subdivision out of it or something like that. So there's potentially some ways to work with some of these property owners to create almost like a like a partnership on that property. Um, you do the work, uh, they're holding the property. And, you, you know, you create the value, you sell it off, and you split the profits in some way. So I think there's some creative deals to be had there. Also, you may be able to work some creative deals, you know, have the seller uh, carry the financing and things like that. So I think that's going to get more and more popular mm-hmm. because normally you can get more favorable terms in some ways. It's less like jumping through hoops for banks that have to abide by rules that were created to provide safety during, you know, after the economic uh, or the bubble, whatever you want to call it in like around 2008. Actually, I think that's going to be like more uh, person to person or or creative yeah. kind of financing things. Yeah. 100%. Cut the, cut the banks out of the deal. I don't hate banks, but I would 100% like love if we never did another deal like that. Like I know. if all of our future purchases for every single thing was owner financing or cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think know. it's a win-win for the sellers too, because they can normally get a higher price 
you might save on maybe they give you a better rate or better terms, or you can structure it where the seller gets the down payment over multiple years so they're not paying cash. There's a lot of things. I just, I would love what you think we could do that. Never do another bank loan again. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. I guess if we make enough money. If we make enough money, we okay, I, I don't think that goes into it. Why do you yeah. think if we make enough money? Well, then you don't need a bank. You are the bank. You have all the money. Okay, but I mean like using seller financing and stuff. Oh, which, seller financing? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've gone down that road a lot this year. Mm-hmm. Um you know, specifically using private lenders mm-hmm. to fund some of our larger deals and things like that. So, yeah, I could definitely see a world where we're not, you know, going to banks for these types of deals. Mm-hmm. At this point, we've got a lot of great contacts and a lot of uh, great private lenders and things like that. And always looking for more, by the way. So if you uh, mm-hmm. if you are interested in that type of thing, reach out to me. But yeah, I, I could definitely see a scenario where, where we're not relying on banks to fund deals and, th- and things like that. For sure. Well, we haven't so. yet. Anyways, mm-hmm. we've never done. I mean, like outside of that, we buy others types of real estate. I think that that would be a lofty goal. I know other people that do that. They, they don't ever do bank ones. Mm-hmm. And it's strictly because the banks have to, they have to fit um, you and your deal into this. There's no leeway. Even if they wanted to, even if your financials look good, but you know, I don't know, the property is a different or, or whatever. They can't make any of those because they, they have to follow the guidelines that are set by the government. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. Well, and there's going to be a lot of technology mm-hmm. that I think will allow that type of thing, you know, the blockchain stuff where- mm-hmm you know, potentially a bunch of investors can kind of pull together their funds and participate in larger real estate investment deals, maybe from the lender side, or maybe potentially taking a piece of the equity. So there will be all kinds of creative things happening. And that's probably going to be on the rise rather than on the decrease in the years to come. I think so. Okay, that's, I mean, all in all, I would just say, I think creative financing is going to be, mm-hmm. or, or, or non-traditional, yeah, non-average, I don't know, yeah, whatever the exactly. word is. Yeah, the world's changing. Mm-hmm. So I just think there's a lot of promise for those types of things. And I definitely want to be on, rather be on the cutting edge of those types of things when, when it becomes very vol- viable. It's not there yet. You know, you hear people doing, you know, kind of a fractional type purchase of these these properties and they're, you know, you've got all these, you know, hundreds of different investors that have a piece of it or whatever. So that type of thing will be coming along the, uh, down the pipe, but it's not quite there yet. So oh, it would be a good time to talk about partner with Pete real quick on oh, both sides since yeah, yeah, you partner just alluded to it. Yeah. yeah. So first of all, I and mean, this is kind of a, a creative thing, you know, that's not, not typical in the world of investing, but we have a, a program that we launched this year and it's been like super, super overwhelming as far as the response that we've gotten, which which allows, it, it makes me realize that there was, we're filling a, a really good need here. So it works well for us and it works well for investors. So what it is basically is it's just, you go to partnerwithpete.com. If you have a land investing deal under contract and it's, a, it's actual deal, um, you submit it on the site there. We review the property right away and let you know if, if it's a deal and we agree it's a deal, then we agree to fund it, meaning we'll use our money to close the transaction. But we take that one step further. We take care of every other step of the process in the deal. You know, all the due diligence that goes into it, any of the value add that it needs, the transaction for the purchase, the transaction for the resale, the marketing, like everything that goes, We our team, we plug it into our team. Our team takes it over from there does all the stuff that you need to do for, for a successful real estate, a whole land flip. And then we split the profits 50-50 with the investor that brought us the deal. So it's great because, first of all, the investor doesn't need to come up with any money to fund this deal. 
But the other thing that's really cool is that there is no downside at all for the investor. Like if we lose money, it's no, we're not coming after the investor in any way. There's no credit check. There's no experience needed. There's no nothing. The investor simply needs to bring the deal. We, um, we uh, had a, a number of really successful partner repeat deals already closed this year. The full did the full course of the, of the land flip. One of our investor partners made $185,000. I mean, that's just, they brought the deal and we sold it really pretty quickly. We funded it and sold it really quickly. And uh, yeah, they, they got a wire for $185,000. Pretty good. Uh, and we've had a number of really other other really good ones as well. So that uh, that's a really interesting program if you are into land flipping or you're, you see yourself going down that road. So definitely mm-hmm. utilize that. Yeah, and on the flip side, we've opened it up for... Um, we have a, a little bit of, how would you say that? We have some on the other side of things where if you are an investor and you want to be able to. Oh, yeah. If you want to participate, you mean as, as a lender? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So lenders, um, if you are, if you've got additional funds to lend, then we are always looking for lenders to kind of participate in that way uh, on some mm-hmm. of these deals as well. So And where would they find? Oh, just go to lender.turningprofit.com. You've got the, all the details of the program there. And then we'll set up a Zoom call um, if it sounds like it'd be a good fit. And we'll talk about it and go from there. That's not like something we're let, we're we're not really advertising that too much other than mentioning it here and there. And we're just not opening it up to everybody. So don't, you know, right, we're yeah. slowly rolling that out. So um, yeah. So don't bank on on that. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's go on to the uh, the marketing of properties mm-hmm. and how we think that that's going to kind of evolve in 2024. So first of all, I do think you know according to to everything you read out there and see that interest rates will be easing this year. Mm-hmm. They have come down. They have come down a little bit, and supposedly they'll be cutting it. You know, the Federal Reserve said that they will be cutting rates uh, as the year goes on. So we'll see what actually happens. Mm-hmm. But the rates uh, will definitely, having lower interest rates should help the world of um, selling these properties. Mm-hmm. So you'll have many more buyers that will be able to you know, uh, where the payments will make sense for them. Right. And hopefully that will be able to qualify better. They'll be able to qualify better for sure. And their money will go farther and they'll feel more confident wanting to buy if they, if they feel like they're getting a better interest rate. Right. Even only if it's in comparison to this year, as opposed to comparing it to two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So financing really, uh, seemed to dry up pretty much in 2023. Not, not mm-hmm. many of our deals ended up being financed in a way mm-hmm. like where they have traditional like land loan lenders right. you know, that are coming to fund the bird. We do had some, but not as many as the years previously. No, so. and they just seem to fall out more often. I know we've talked about that before, yeah. but they just haven't been as stable as, you know, we didn't have a, a huge amount, so we can't say if that's a, a trend or not, but it seemed like the ones we did, they they fell out more often, would you say? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I jumped the gun a little bit. You already covered the owner financing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't control myself. Well, yeah, yeah. Owner financing, I think, is is definitely going to become more and more of a trend. I mean, it has been picking up a lot of momentum this year, but I think that will probably continue in 2024. Okay, another trend in marketing that, I mean, this works for us. But we're going to make it a bigger priority in 2024, but it seems to be... And maybe this is just anecdotal, but it seems to be that the neighbor marketing is going to really pick up in importance. When I say neighbor marketing, when we get a property under contract or we purchase a property, mm-hmm. reaching out to those neighbors and really putting a lot of effort into seeing if any of those neighbors actually want to buy that property first before getting it out onto the open market. Well, I mean, that's it's just logical to me. I was actually surprised that it's not more. And I'm actually surprised that we don't. We always talked about we're going to have like a really, really good system. We've been saying that for years. Right. And we have to because it makes sense. If it's vacant land normally that we're selling, right, and you have a house and it's... And, 
a lot of this land's not like millions of dollars. So it's it's normally like established homeowners that have a chunk of land with their house and they're just annexing it on. That it's just yeah. logical. It makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. You see this big field behind your house and you're like, who owns that? I can own it. Well, and I can own it to make sure no one builds on it. I can own it to build for my family, make a compound or whatever. Yeah. It's just as logical. I, I don't know if there's anybody. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but I bet you a huge percentage of the people, if you asked them and you were like, hey, you, here's your house. And if there was a big chunk of land around it, would you want it? Mm-hmm. Would you try to buy it? And, right. and I think most people would be like, absolutely. Yeah. Very few people would be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to build a high rise or whatever, you know? Yeah. We've sold a lot of um, properties to neighbors mm-hmm. over the years. But I just feel like it should be a bigger percentage. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's going to be a trend for us for 2024. Probably uh, there's no, nothing that's changed in that regard. But but I feel like it should be an, a big focus for us. And and maybe you going forward. Maybe that's where postcards make sense, by the maybe, way. yeah. Because then it catches their eye. You don't have to open it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking huge amounts. But, you know, if it's like the actual address, like if someone sent me a postcard with my street address on it, like mm-hmm. this house... I'm a nosy neighbor. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like if there's a house across the street for sale, I want to know. Right. I want to know how much it is, how much is, you know, all right. this kind of stuff. So even if it's just that, but then they might think, oh, this would be a perfect, even if it's not touching their property, if it's across the street, great for my elderly parents or my, I don't know, whoever. Well, I definitely don't want your mom moving in next year. Yeah. Door. Well, I mean, if it was a vacant piece of land, you know. <laughs> okay. We can get her a tent on there. Right. Uh, I'm sure She'd she would. She'd be coming over to our house too much though. Yeah, I know. Even that wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> Uh, my mother-in-law. No, I'm just joking around. Well, you tell her directly too. It's no big deal. <laughs> but okay, along the same lines of as from the negative to the positive, great agents will continue to be worth their weight in gold. Yes, yes, hundred percent. You know, I guess I guess this is another thing that probably hasn't changed, but I feel like it should be something that you keep in mind for 2024. The great agents that we found, they really are worth their weight in gold. Right. I mean, they 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 do their job. They get their property sold. It's no drama. They just get things done. They know what they're doing. Their marketing's on point. Their transaction mm-hmm. side of things, they keep deals together when they get under contract. And um, yeah, they just make your life a whole mm-hmm. lot easier. Yeah, and they probably bring buyers that are already looking for you know stuff. They know the land. They know the different, what people are looking for in that area. Right. And Help you stay away from bad properties That's what I was going to say. They, well. they save yeah. you uh, in that sense. I, mean, I have nothing to add. Like, don't try to skimp out on on paying your agents. Mm, yes. They deserve to be paid. And Oh, and that's the other thing. If it's not working, move on. Yeah. I, I have to remind us sometimes about that, you know, is that you don't, don't, it's like, don't, what do I always say? Like, don't talk yourself into a bad deal. Mm, yes. And don't talk yourself into a bad partnership. Mm-hmm. If it's not working. Right. It's not working for you or them. It's not fair for either of you, so. Yeah, true. Yeah, I've noticed that sometimes, you know, like agents will just take a listing just because they feel like they should be taking listings, mm-hmm. but then they don't do anything. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they're it just frustrated. Cor- yeah, it yeah. causes frustration for everyone. I'm sure it's, it's stressful for them because they're not selling it and you're all, always following mm-hmm. up. And it's obviously stressful for us because, you know, they're not doing their job and they're not getting things done. Yeah, it sucks to have to vet someone new. It does, but um, just don't settle. Good way to put it, Heather. Thank you. I'm here all for the next half hour or something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into some general trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just general trends for, for 2024. I feel like we need some doom music for this. I know. Well, this this first thing here is, is going to make me sick, but election year will bring a lot more divisiveness to the country. The last time we had the election year, it was just horrible. Right. I hate I election. I hate election years in general. Right. It doesn't, I don't even, it's, it's not even specific to who's running or not running or anything. I hate election years, but this one will maybe be pretty 
Yeah, well, the last one was pretty bad. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't... Uh. Uh, hopefully this one's not as bad as that one, but mm-hmm. I, I'm almost thinking it will be worse. We'll see. Well, and and along the same lines, though, that marketing and, and advertising costs normally go up because now you're competing against... You know, every printing company is going to be printing massive amounts of crap that no one's yeah, going to read. Yeah, political junk. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so they can charge more. The postal service is going to be busier because they're mailing out all this junk. Online ads. That's that's That is a big thing. Um We've gone through multiple, since we've been advertising different businesses and stuff and using social media and advertising, all that kind of stuff. It's funny because you don't normally, you're not competing against that in one area, but you are because they're filling the space. There's only so many eyeballs, only so, mm-hmm. many, so many people like scrolling on Facebook or right. whatever. And a so. lot of people will not go on Facebook because of that. Like I plan to avoid social media completely when it gets really deep into that, because it's, first of all, I don't want to see like- Even my videos, you're not going to watch my I'll watch videos? your videos maybe, okay. but uh, I don't want to see, you know, grand, great aunt, whatever, fighting with, <laughs> you know, uncle so-and-so um, about stuff that neither of them understands. And I don't want to, and I don't either, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, for the most part. And I don't want to see all the the ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, last time, I think our ads, ad costs went up, you know, like cost per thousand, mm-hmm. and like impressions went up 50%. Right. Right. You know, for for uh, for a couple of months there, mm-hmm. you know. The minute it's over, it's the scariest like drop you ever yeah. see. It's like I mean, you're happy about it, but you're like, I know. darn, that like really messed with things. Yeah. So think about that, you know. Um, and along those same lines, though, don't stop because mm-hmm. you have to keep the momentum going. Right. So maybe think of where's the best budget during that time. Maybe this is where you stay ahead of things and you shift a little. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to lower that, which is dangerous to do on social media because if you lower your ads, then you have to slowly build it back up again. Yeah. You're, you're messed up either way. You're- yeah. And, and the other thing I think about that, I think that it's easy to mm-hmm. get wrapped in, you know, sucked into that whole world of, of the, the divisiveness and all that crap that's going on. And if you're a business owner and you're really looking at at moving and driving your business forward in 2024, that's what you need to be focused on. You don't need to be focused on what's happening on, um, you know, CNN or Fox News or or any of these, um, you know, talk radio things, stuff like that. Like none of that stuff, this political back and forth is going to uh, uh, materially impact your life. Uh, aside from, you know, big policy changes and, and maybe who well, gets in the office or whatever. I think but. as a female, mm-hmm. I'll say that um, that I agree with what you're saying, except for that, like what you're, I'll, I'll say what you're trying to say is that you should understand <laughs> the different things happening, but you don't need to suck in, get sucked into um, some, you know, an overwhelming media presence of hashing it out. Mm, yeah. You know, so understand what you're voting for, what you're not voting for, who you're voting for, how it impacts uh, everyone in your family, but maybe don't necessarily waste uh, all your life and time. Getting sucked into all the drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that's, that's where the distinction lies. Like, don't forget, don't ignore the elections. Please vote. However you vote, it's important everyone votes, but, and that we understand as best we can, because it's all convoluted, by the way, mm-hmm. that's the frustrating aspect. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Everyone's got their own agenda. Right. You know? It's, you know, I've never met an honest politician. Mm-hmm. So there we go. But, um, but yeah, don't, if you stay focused, you're going to come out ahead and stay with the changes because the, the, there are new laws and stuff. Like you're even talking about the texting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website 
CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. So uh, my advice, if you want to listen to me, is to remain focused on your business Mm -hmm. and try to drown out as much of the noise as possible. No one wants to hear political advice from us. We live in California. No, I'm not saying political advice. It's it's business advice. It's business (laughs) advice. Yeah. Moving on. Next general trend. Now we're going to, Pete and I are going to hash out politics. Just (laughs) enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, We're on the same page. Um, But inflation should Mm -hmm. not be as crazy as it was. So that's kind of. Uh, the the direction we're heading, you know, things have things were pretty crazy with the inflation over the last couple of years, really, and obviously that caused you know land prices, caused real estate prices mm-hmm. to kind of really spike up. I don't foresee that continuing at that same level. I'm sure inflation will continue, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be as crazy as it was. Right. Well, I mean, having been through the you know the housing boom bust thing, and then COVID, it, whenever there's an influx of money, right or wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I particularly or personally thought that this last thing was way better than us getting having to get involved with evictions and mm-hmm. short oh, sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm, I appreciate the fact that there was money for people and they weren't starving and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, but what you pointed out is that there, anytime there's that influx of money, it people spend it mm-hmm. or they save it or whatever. And then interest rates going low like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I like your next point, though. It kind of ties into that is that there's always something unexpected that blindsides us. Like it wasn't like in 2019, we were like, okay, well, Pete, have you prepared for the COVID pandemic? Yeah. You know, or 2020 at that point, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you don't know. Like I have no idea what's coming tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Hopefully it's good stuff. Exactly. Like I'm and that's the way I think I'm going to think it's going to be good until someone proves me otherwise. Don't prove me otherwise. Yeah. Um, But, you know. Inflation is the same kind of thing. I don't foresee. I, I agree with you. I think it's it it's going to continue to go down because I do see people are tightening mm-hmm. their belt. Like I feel like there is that. Do you feel that? Like yeah, I feel oh yeah. like there it's, is. Yeah. You know, we yeah. just talk about the the restaurant index. We would go um, to out to restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. Like big chain, like. Where did we go? What was like a claim jumper? Claim jumper or something. BJ's. BJ's, one of those places. And there were like in 2006, around there, maybe before, there'd be like lines on a Friday night. Like, it was insane. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, the food's not that great. I mean, Mm -hmm. nothing, no disrespect to those places, but I was like, (laughs) it's not worth waiting two hours for, Uh right? And then after the kind of like it, the real estate market dropped out, Friday night, it was like, we have no wait. Yeah, you just walk in. Uh-huh. Half the tables are empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could feel it in there like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm not saying it's like that right now, but mm-hmm. I am seeing chatter. People are like, because, you know, even though uh, a lot of prices like food's gone down, it's still a lot higher than it was. And you still feel that chatter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully it'll be a soft, uh, softer landing. You know, um, this will mellow out. And if interest rates go down, then we'll get back into more of a healthy real estate. Yeah, more balance. Right. And by the way, people are scared of that. They love these. They want to get in when things are super sky high. And then when things are normal, they're like, it sucks. This yeah. market sucks. And mm. I'm telling you that there's a there's a lot of people, more millionaires and billionaires are made during the downturns and the normal ones than in the up, you know. Yep. You don't want to buy on the high. And that's right. what, but it, but it feels safer because everyone else is doing it. Yes, that's right. Although everyone who got the good interest rates, I'm not I'm not thinking that they're too upset yeah, they're, about they're buying fine. then. Yeah, yeah. If they've got a long term perspective. It doesn't matter what price exactly. they pay because it's going to be worth a lot more in the future anyhow. Unless so. they have quadruplets and they have a two bedroom apartment. Okay, well that that could be a problem, but just save it as an investment. Right. So 
Now, let's get on to this 2024 projections. Those mm-hmm. are These were just trends, and these were kind of where we saw things going. So now we're going to be talking about pure speculation, Heather. Oh, I love this. <laughs> based Says no the, Heather ever. <laughs> maybe based off of, you know, what we know and everything like that. But, but keep in mind that these are just kind of our best guesses of where we think things are going to go. Hey, this is hard because I like facts. Yeah, well, you can base things off of facts and trends. But uh, anyhow, Let's first see what of all, you wrote out I'm gonna, I'll start, and <laughs> okay. then you can you can uh, cut do you off next. like yes. normal. Okay. Okay. So for in, in land flipping, mm-hmm. I think that lower end properties are going to be tougher to sell unless you're using owner financing, and and maybe but this plays into the bigger trend that we see where like there's kind of a it seems like a widening divide between you know the rich or the haves and and the have not the rich and the poorest, even though it's not really but yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But, but that's. It seems like there's a, a greater wedge, a greater divide. So mm-hmm. I've noticed over the past year that the, the more expensive properties are still easy to sell. Mm-hmm. No problem. The cheaper, less expensive properties, kind of the real entry level pro- type properties are, are a lot harder to sell. Mm-hmm. So I think that in order to kind of flourish in that side of things, I think you need to be offering some owner financing, whether you hold the paper yourself or you work with a note investor that that provides that financing. I think that's what, in, in the land flipping, I think that's going to be kind of a trend that continues to play out here. I agree. Okay, very good. Uh, and then uh, quality, higher dollar mm-hmm. value properties will continue to ma- remain strong. I, I see that continuing and no no, uh, no change there. And especially, you know, the lower interest rates will help things and people acquiring financing to buy some of these properties as well. On like the other side, like the business buyer or the developer buyer, I think that they will start buying more of these like subdivisional or subdividable lots because they're going to start realizing that they're going to be in that cycle again where they're going to need the land to build. You know, it just is so cyclical. And of course, location too. But I think that if if interest rates go down, there's going to be more of those buyers. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that they should have been doing that two years ago because because the problem is that these projects take so long to actually get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to start buying when they feel like, feel good about it. And then, you know, right. Exactly. Late, so. and, and, and that's right. It's the big, I think there's still companies that are absolutely still doing it. Mm-hmm. They're still buying, but you're right. The ones that are like that mid range ones have stopped because you're right. They're not, they're scared. Mm-hmm. Even though they know that they should be scared because they've gone through cycles before. Right. And then I, I feel like land demand will remain strong overall due to, the continued migration out of larger cities, things like the availability of the internet, no matter mm-hmm. where you're at, and good internet, not just some some crappy, you know, what what are the was the internet that they used to have where it was like satellite internet, but it was only you'd only get good download speed and terrible upload speed. I forget what Hughes that was net called. or something. Yeah, or, yeah, is that like, what it was? yeah, like those were that was the rural option uh-huh. before. Now they've got Starban, Starban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's supposedly really, really good. And I think that uh, that doesn't get talked about as much. But I think having that availability of internet access allows you to to remote work anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. really. And also, um, you know, there's less companies, I guess, <laughs> that are requiring people to be in office all the time. You know, well, maybe it's, it's a, a hybrid situation. Yeah, maybe Some it's a hybrid situation. Like, yeah, I'm not coming in if you want me. If you want top talent, you can't force them. Well, and that's kind of the cool thing about mm-hmm. building a remote company like w- mm-hmm. what we have is that we can source our talent from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. They can work for our company. It doesn't need to be regionally restricted in any way. It's not like we're only dealing with the pool of potential candidates here in San Diego. We mm-hmm. can tap into the world of potential candidates throughout the whole world. So mm-hmm. it makes sense from our perspective and from the employees' inspe- uh, perspective as well. Yeah, I want happy employees too. Yeah. In real estate investing, 
kind of my thought is that you know wholesaling has been a big thing has been a big mm-hmm. trend but there's there's a big trend to regulate that industry a lot more it's kind of kind of the wild west for a long time people just being able to lock up contracts and flip those contracts to other investors and things like that a lot of states are starting to put regulations in place for wholesaling so i think those regulations will probably continue either they're making it illegal or they're they're creating restrictions that make it not so not so great for the wholesaler do you anymore. think they should like do you think those are needed i do think that there is a level of regulation that is uh, that would be beneficial maybe not overboard but i think that some rela- regulation some kind of um, rules mm-hmm. you know some some boundaries maybe uh, would be beneficial uh, because with anything you know there's there's going to be your um, your people to do things right, you know, mm-hmm. your wholesalers that do things right. Then there's the other side of things, the ones that don't do things right. They're the ones that lock up the contracts and never perform and, you know, cause all kinds of problems for the property owners without without doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that those regulations will continue. And the way to get around that will be to actually close on some of these properties or work with partners in order to, to get those deals done without having to actually strictly wholesale. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be a funding situation, even if, if it's a very short term thing, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll actually fund it and take title of the property and then, um, you know, f- wholesale it to the next person in line. I feel so. like I should do like, ding, partner with yeah. Pete. Partner with Pete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then we take it a step further and we retail the property. Mm-hmm. So right. we're not just flipping the contract to someone, closing and flipping the contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are closing on it and then we're doing what we can to kind of spruce up that property and then then retail it. Right. We do the max value add that we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else? So uh, obviously we talked about the creative solutions, financing options that are, that are going to be big. I think you really agree with me because like I, that's like a big thing for me. And it you've is. written this on here like two or three times. So well, yeah. great minds think alike, Heather. Weird, right? Yes. It's as if we've been together for almost 25 years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the commercial real estate mm-hmm. investing space, I see a tough road continue to be ahead for the office properties. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they've hit bottom yet. I know there's a lot of talk about these office properties and things that, uh, you know, they're struggling because... A lot mm-hmm. of these larger companies have transitioned to partially, at least, work for home or something like that. And um, you know, new companies are that are opening up or probably are considering that you know at least a hybrid type thing where they don't have all of the people in the office all the time. I think things have just changed fundamentally, and the demand for those office properties is you know weakening for sure. Mm-hmm. So I think there will be a lot of repurposing of these types of buildings. And, you know, maybe into residential, maybe, you know, depending on the area, depending on the building, there's some creative investors out there that will be able to really prosper, but they've got to acquire these properties for the right price for sure. Um, I saw like this uh, commentary from someone whose whole company has gone um, full time, like, what do you call that? Work from Virtual, home. Yeah. And they were saying that they're the way that they see it is that happy employees is the most important thing. And obviously they don't have to commute all this kind of stuff. But also the money that they're saving not having those brick and mortar offices, they can then invest in their employees. They can cover their health insurance 100%. They can offer them benefits that they necessarily couldn't provide before because of the expense of having that. So it's another way to look at it. It's from both sides. Like if the goal is you want your employees to be happy because then they'll perform the best, how can you do it? Like, so you're not gonna, if you've gone and you've said, okay, I'm gonna give you all these extra benefits because we don't have this, it's gonna be very hard for us, not us, but like for them to then say, sorry, you know, we're going to go back into the office and also you're going to need to fund more of your health care or whatever it is. So there's big shifts happening. I think some companies uh, are trying to push to go back, which is great, but that means um, they're probably negotiating much cheaper rent options too. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. the owners of those properties aren't going to be whole for a while to come. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, big changes happening. Mm-hmm. And then you go sure. into the multifamily too, because you're right. There was a big push. Everyone was like, "Become an investor." Yep. Multifamily. This is the way to millions. It's multifamily, multifamily. Okay. And then people can't get loans. Yeah, yeah. A couple of big things that have happened mm-hmm. there. There was that huge run up. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. everyone was talking about multifamily. It was the hot thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so prices got bid up on these properties. And the fact that, you know, these these buildings are valued, these properties are, are valued based off of the net profit they make. So there's a lot of kind of variables in that. First of all, like how much you pay for the property, how much how much you're paying for your kind of interest expenses and everything. And obviously these loans now, if if they had a short term financing on there, they've got to refinance at a much higher rate or sell mm-hmm. it. A lot of these uh, apartment operators were were expecting the trend of rates, um, rents to be increasing for the foreseeable future, and that really hasn't played out like we thought it would. Mm-mm. So, kind of all those things are sort of um, well, because wages haven't gone up. Like, like you know, inflation yeah. went up, but wages haven't. And so, yeah, how much can you squeeze from people? Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, they're like, "Well, it's food or whatever." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we've got kind of all those factors combining to really squeeze a lot of these multi, you know, large, large multifamily type type buildings and things. I just think that that they're they're going to be not as bad as the office or anything, but mm-hmm. I think that uh, some of these properties are may, maybe struggling going forward here in 2024. Right. And a lot of people who didn't have experience in, in being a landlord or whatever are kind of like, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. That was great, but no thanks. And then maybe there, maybe that means that there will be some good opportunities this year for purchases. Right. For multifamily, right. And I know? think if you look at that as a long-term goal, they don't appreciate the same as a single family. They mm-hmm. just don't. They're not going to be as expensive or not expensive, but they're not going to go more measured. Yeah. Right. But if you're thinking about it and also I I know there's a subletter people are like, I'm paying for your mortgage. Well, Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes, but a lot of times there's other expenses. But if you look at it as a long term that it's getting paid off in a certain amount of time, it can be a good retirement thing. Right. There's tax advantages for certain people. Yeah. Uh There's that's a good nest egg to pass down to family member, whatever. Like it makes sense. And as people, we've rented before, like trying to figure out if we like, I mean, we've always owned a house and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but we've also, and actually other properties we've rented. And sometimes it's a good way for us to get to know an area. There's always going to be a need for that. Right. And a lot of people that have the argument like landlords shouldn't do this or landlords shouldn't do that. Well, okay, so are you ready to buy? No. Well, where are you going to live? You know, it's providing it's a service. Yeah. Always going to be needed for, for all these different reasons. There's people who go in to study a place that are going to be there only for four years or eight years, whatever they're, they are, do not want to buy mm-hmm. military members. There's a lot of things that we need rental properties. And in San Diego, we're having a rental property crisis. Mm-hmm. The other thing we didn't talk about that's just huge is Airbnbs and VRBOs and stuff. Yep. I already see in groups, people are selling yep. all the time. They're like, first of all, it's dried up. People are frustrated. There's um, people who are renting that are taking advantage of people when they get of the landlords. There's landlords that had unrealistic expectations. Um, Travel has changed. There's a lot of things happening and it's not nearly as hot. Right. Yeah. Two years ago. It's not easy. It's not easy. That's that's a tough business. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely something you can flourish at if you do it right and you know Mm -hmm. you've got everything down. You're and you enjoy that. There's people who enjoy. It's like an an a B and B kind of style thing. Yeah. But like you said, it's not easy. There's a lot Mm -hmm. that goes into it, and maybe it it, maybe it sounds pretty um, appealing, you know, by all these. you know, these vacation homes mm-hmm. all over the place, and then you've got people paying for them for you. I mean, the concept is still pretty cool, right. but there's there's work involved with it, and you have to do it right. 
you know? So, so yeah, I think you're right on that. Like the, the Airbnbs are going to be struggling a little bit this, this year as well. Right. You know? I see like Hyatt just got into that too, where they have their own, I, I'm sure that it's not theirs, but like they're also managing that kind of thing. So you mm. can go through the, like, I know Marriott's had it forever. And is it I, one of the other ones too, where you can rent them under like their umbrella. Yeah. But you, if you're going to do it these days, you need to be able to fully pay for it without anyone booking it. Right. I mean, truly, that's what it has to be, because if you're going to be holding on for somebody to um, to rent it and then you don't get someone that month, yeah, you know, you just have to you're starting a whole new business. And a lot of people have come to the realization that it's not for them. Mm-hmm. So they're they're um, selling these properties. OK, so I would say that there will always be opportunities. So that's kind of a overarching trend. You 100%. Know, as, as things change, mm-hmm. you know, change means opportunity. So as a real estate investor, I think you always need to be keeping your eye on these things and and how can you benefit from some of the changes that are happening. So be smart. You know, they always say that uh, that don't uh, be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I guess the term is like the ass, the the, uh, the masses are asses, meaning you, know, you don't normally say bad words. That's, oh, that's a really bad word. But but it's uh, y- you should be looking at what. Uh, everyone else is doing and then doing something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Right. And think of it in that way, kind of kind of look from the outside. Mm-hmm. Don't just think because everyone's doing that, it's the right time to do it. Right. You know, and talk to somebody that like bought, that does stuff um, in the past that's done this, who's been through different cycles. You know, I, that's my big thing when I, I meet a real estate guru, I'm like, okay, so what cycles have you been through? Because I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. You right. know, and having seen it, I, I'm like, wow, okay, that's different, you know? And also humility in the sense that we don't know what we don't know. We still don't know what we don't know. There's a yeah. lot of people that are way smarter that have been through a lot more things. We just talk about what we know today, but also taking into account what we've been through. Right. I have um, some questions. You ready for them? Sure. Now, these are questions from our land flipping community. Uh, It's called Land Conquest. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're not a member of the community, I highly suggest you join. Simply go to landconquest.com. And, uh, you know, part of that, and I haven't even mentioned this, part of our community, we've got a land flipping training program that we give to all of the community members at no cost at all. Now, this is not some junky land flipping course that, you know, is a freebie type giveaway to get people to give their email address or anything like that. This is an, an extensive training program that uh, we're giving away for free. Obviously, we've got our partner with Pete program that we talked about. We make money in that way. We've got other mentorship programs, uh, which we make money in that way too. We feel like giving away this free training, this training program for free is, um, is a way to get other people exposed to land flipping, teach them how to do it. And hopefully we will be able to partner with them on, on a lot of deals. So We'll do it. We'll do okay. Uh, you know, even by giving that away for free. Yeah, it's a huge resource, and a lot of people have uh, written to us and said that they've purchased ones in the past for you know, or multiple ones, thousands. Someone e- messaged us and was like, "I bought four of them." And I spent like. Well, you might see something similar to that in the oh, questions no for way. today. Seriously, that's hilarious. That's, that's really I cherry pick all the questions, so and I and they're brand new to me every single time. I don't read them beforehand, mainly because he gets them to me right before I sit down, so it works better that way. Yes, that's hilarious. Well, okay, let's start with Mike's question: buying property without mineral rights. I have someone interested in selling thirty-two acres for fifty thousand dollars in Texas, but they want to keep the mineral rights. I think this property is worth two hundred thousand normally, but don't know how mineral rights factor into it. There is no active well on the site. Thoughts. Okay, so it's pretty common in Texas, especially in certain areas of Texas where mineral rights will not convey with the property. 
Uh, it's just that most of the most of the listings and the land sales that happen are that way. What happens is when they say mineral rights, it's normally the oil, gas, and mineral rights that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So basically, what happens is someone that owned the, this large tract of land many many years ago sold off all the rights to the oil and gas below the land, and then it got subdivided over the years. And those people that you know subsequently own the land, they own the land, but they didn't own the right to drill for the gas or the oil below those pieces of land. So it's pretty common that that's the case. Now you get into issues sometimes where they, they can the people that own the mineral rights or the oil and gas rights have the the right to actually set up uh, you know oil rigs on your property and things like that, uh, which obviously would decrease the appeal of that. Now you just in, in a situation like this, what I would do is I would talk to a local broker that's knowledgeable. Just say, hey, is it normal for properties in this area not to have the mineral rights? Mm-hmm. Is this anything I should be concerned about? So obviously that's a very local thing. Some areas it's a big deal. Some areas it's not a big deal. So I would check with a local broker to to see if it's a big deal in this situation. So. Right. Like, are they actively doing it? Like, are there people who own it? Like, is it normal? Like, oh, it's sold off, but no one's doing anything. There's mm-hmm. nothing here. There's no oil here, but it's right. just you can't track down the person. Or they're like, no, that's not normal. And there actually is a good oil, whatever here. And you yeah, know. it's just a matter of time until someone's going to be setting up some huge drilling rigs on your property. Right. Yeah. So if you have like a five acre property, yeah, they might not drill through your house, but you know. <laughs> Hopefully they don't drill through your house. Yeah. <laughs> you I can incorporate it into the design. That one's Henry. That's where we put Christmas decorations on them. It's fun. Do you have a great deal under contract? We'll submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. Okay, Chase says, comps in a non-disclosure state. How do you guys go about getting comps to value a property in a non-disclosure state? I'd like to build lists in my area since I'm more familiar with it, but I'm in Texas, greater Houston area, and I don't have access to sold comps or sold prices. Uh, Make friends with a realtor, or is there a way to pay for this data? Thanks in advance. First of all, you're featuring a lot of Texas. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh See, this is a big thing that comes up. Texas, and there's, uh, I think, 10 other states where they're Mm -hmm. technically- Is it like South Carolina or- Uh, No. no. Which one? There's somewhere around there that's- Uh, Missouri, there's um, like Idaho. There's there's like 10 of them. 10 of them, okay. Yeah, so- I'll take your word uh, for that. You know, but Texas is one of those. There's a lot of land transactions that happen in Texas. So there's a lot of land investors that do business there. Mm-hmm. The thing is with these non-disclosure states, basically what that means is that the sale prices are not publicly reported. Mm-hmm. In most uh, most states, the sales prices of a property, a house, anything is reported in public data. You can look on Zillow and see exactly what that, mm-hmm. that property sold for. In these non-disclosure states, you can generally see what was the last list price for the property, mm-hmm. and then it just has a dash, you know, where it says sold price, mm-hmm. meaning you don't know exactly what it sold for. But you just have to use the data that is available in order to come up with your best estimate of a sales price. Now, in a situation like here, you know, you might be looking at properties that sold. You don't have the exact sale price, but you can look on there and you say, okay, this property was listed on February 1st, and it went under contract on February 2nd, mm-hmm. you know, then that's a pretty good indication that it was listed for a pretty aggressive price and it hopefully sold pretty close to that listed price. Now, if you see uh, a property listed on February 1st 
and it didn't go under contract for a whole year on February 1st of the next year, then you would think, well, maybe that property was overpriced. Mm -hmm. Probably they had to take a big discount in order to sell it. So that's kind of the way I look at things in that way. The other thing is that we look at competitive listings in this area. You know, you kind of see what else is out there, you know, competitively listed properties and get an idea. Always take a discount based, uh, you know, from from what the other listings are listed at, you know, to, to be conservative and be safe. And then the other thing is, you know, talking to local brokers and agents that have a really good indication of what the what the values are. So it's kind of like uh, it's more difficult. You're mm-hmm. piecing the puzzle together. You have less certainty. Can I say something? Sure, of course you can. Um, I'm going to be super optimistic in this. Mm-hmm. This is kind of scary, but I think that that's that is actually a real a good benefit because if you have the tenacity, the knowledge that you can do all the steps you just said, then you you have a leg up on competition because it's the information's not easily seen or known. Right, like that's a competitive edge. Yeah, it's more difficult. Yeah, it's more difficult. Yeah. With it being more difficult, it's also um, an opportunity because you, you know, yeah, probably less competitive. That's, for sure. That's what I'm looking for. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So whenever there's challenges, there's opportunity. So, Mm -hmm. and this is one of those situations. And, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of people that, that a lot of investors that flip a lot of land in Texas, but you know, they become specialized. They, they really start knowing their stuff and, um, you know, it's not going to be as easy as going into some of these other States, but there is opportunity there for sure. Right. And it's not holding them back. Right. And the more that you do it, so maybe in non-disclosure States, you should be more localized in your knowledge. That's a great way to put it too. Because if you know like a certain area really well, you're going to, you won't, I mean, you'll have your go-to agent, but you're also going to look at it and be like, okay, I sold one, you know, I know, I know what this is worth. Uh And, And I think that they live in Texas. Texas, they were mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. So they can get a feel for it just by what's coming on the market. You might even call the agent and ask how much it sold for, and they might even tell you. Right. Yep. Whether they're supposed to or not, I'm not yeah. sure. Spencer says Pete's <laughs> land flipping course is spectacular. Wow. <laughs> I'm new to this community and completed the land conquest land flipping course in two days. I've only been in the land flipping business for eight months and have paid for it and completed three other land flipping courses. I can honestly say that none of the paid courses come even close to the level of detail and clarity of how to put together land deals. I assume most in this community have taken Pete's course, but if not, I highly recommend it. After taking the paid courses, I kept asking myself, how can he be doing this for free? This is actually, we get like a lot of these. This this is not even the one I was talking about, but that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's true. And why are we offering, everyone always asks, why do you offer for free then? Because you could sell it. Because we could. Mm -hmm. Like there are these, some of these courses are like 10 grand plus, Mm -hmm. $10,000, $20,000, people pay for it. So can you just tell people why we do it for free? Because so that it makes sense to them that it's, you know, no scam. Yeah, not steal the, their there's kids. no scam involved. Yeah. I know. And and I, I struggle with that, too, because a lot of people probably have this assumption this is a junk thing. It's a mm-hmm. throwaway thing. But we, we've created something, I think, that's got some real value. Our goal is bigger than just selling a course. Uh, we want to help we've people. We've done that before. Yes. You know? We've done that before. In and, other courses, yeah. And we make a lot of money from mm-hmm. our van flipping business, to be honest. But mm-hmm. we want to have uh, a bigger impact. We're looking at things bigger picture than just selling a course. So first of all, partner with Pete is a, is a huge focus for us. Um, that's a win-win situation. If we teach people how to find the deals. How to find real deals. Real like, deals, like, yes. Like the put a really good system in place for them to find amazing deals, then you can fund them. Then we fund them and Uh we both benefit. Right. So we have made hundreds of thousands of dollars already, just limited kind of focus on that that program. If that course was junk and we were telling people to take it, then we would be getting junk leads. Yeah. Like it, this, is, it makes sense when you look at the big picture, but people get hung up on like, but it, if it's really good, you know what I mean? Yep. And then the other thing is we've got uh, a couple of different 
um, mentorship programs mm -hmm. that we are focused on for 2024. One program is called the Gauntlet. That program is assisting people on a, uh, students on a deeper level to put their land flipping businesses together. It's a more hands-on approach. Obviously, the information is there for free in Land Conquest, but, but we are helping in a deeper way, more hands-on way, personally with me and my team in order to, to uh, put your land flipping business together. And then we've got another program uh, that will be, uh, maybe by the time this is out, it'll be fully launched, but it's called the Roundtable. And the focus of the Roundtable is assisting people from creating a real business and not just flipping a, a property here and there. We want them to create a real business and helping them scale that business to wherever they want to take it. So a couple of things. So we, when we created all these different things, it was like, what could you have used to get you to jump um, ahead with your success? That was the big thing. Like what was missing from what you needed so that they could skip years. And the other thing is you truly have fun with like, you like, it's fun for you to interact with people and help them. And you love real estate. Yep. And so um, it's not like, you know, some people, that sell courses or training programs or mentorships or any of that. It's, it's not a chore. You enjoy this right? because you love talking about real estate. So it's like, great. You can surround yourself with yeah, other I people. Love people. I love talking about real estate. Exactly. And stuff, so so yeah. it's, it's kind of the perfect pairing. Um, and, and we've done stuff like that before and realized that this is something that truly enjoy. So it just makes sense. And again, every level that we can get people higher in their stuff, everyone benefits. Yep. So it's, it's a, a mutually, I don't know, Beneficial Thank you. relationship. What yes. would I do? The, speaking of which, which is you and I too, because I can't remember words some days and you're like patching So you're saying I the, complete you? Is that what you're, you're trying to get at? Yes, okay. that's it. You got it. Okay. Super excited for that. So when will that, like, where can they look for more information on the programs you just. Okay. So for the gauntlet, which, where this is the program where we show you how to create a land flipping business. It's an eight week program mm -hmm. where we take you from like not having anything established, mm -hmm. or you might have, you know, some of the basics already mm -hmm. put in place, but we show you how to create an actual land flipping business, get all the foundation, all everything set up, show you how to do every single step of the process that you need to do. That's an eight week program. If you want to find out more about that, go to gauntlet.landconquest.com. So, and then the round table, which may or may not be released by the time you hear this, uh, that will be at roundtable dot landconquest.com. I see what you're doing there. Just right. like a word and then like, I right. got it. Okay. Even I can find stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, another question. I think this might be our last one. Yeah. Zachary says mailing air. Maybe mm -hmm. I just started mailing and I'm getting very lackluster results. I sent 15,000 offers last month and got just one deal and about three solid leads. I'm working. I adjusted my price, uh, offer prices up this month quite substantially and have another 10,600 offers dropping this week all in Alabama. Outside of pricing, is there anything wrong with this area in particular? Has anyone else had a tough time in this state? A couple things. A lot there. Uh, yeah. yeah, a couple things. You said you mm -hmm. sent 15,000 letters and you got one deal and you're working three other solid leads. That doesn't sound too terrible to mm -hmm. me, especially depending on how many of those three other solid leads work out or not. First of all, I don't know how long ago this was sent out either. Mm -hmm. I mean, because... At what price range he's... he's what price range? Because exactly. if this is one where he's going to make five hundred dollars, then mm -hmm. right, yeah. If you're going after the really cheap properties mm -hmm. and this is your your results so far, I'd probably say yeah, maybe maybe something's wrong there. But the higher dollar properties, if you got one really good deal and you've got three other really good leads that you're working, uh, that doesn't sound that far off. Mm -hmm. Like I've been very upfront. Like it cost me thirty five to hundred dollars on average to get a deal, mm -hmm. but our average profit per deal like this year twenty twenty. Um, three has been uh, almost uh, almost thirty thousand. It's been like twenty eight, twenty nine thousand, mm -hmm. something like that. So it's on about ten percent you're spending. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it costs money and mail Mm -hmm. to get deals, but you do get deals and they definitely, definitely pay off. So, Mm -hmm. and was it a month ago that you sent out this mailer? Um, because you know, those leads will keep coming in from that mailer. Mm -hmm. So, and the first round of responses is always crap. Right. You know, and and they get better. Yeah. You get real and motivated people Mm -hmm. that are starting to, to come in off of that. So just for off the surface, mm-hmm. I don't have all the information, but just off the surface there, it doesn't sound terrible. What's, what's going what on? What about any Alabama insight? Oh, Alabama. Um, we haven't done a ton there. Like I've had limited success there. We've done a number of mailings there and we've gotten some deals, mm-hmm. but it's not as responsive as some other States, just general anecdote. Maybe, maybe my pricing is off. I don't know. But. Right. Well, I mean, we don't know. Maybe, Maybe uh, add more context and, and we can see about answering that mm-hmm. next time. Yep. See if there's more. That's I guess it. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Good first episode of the year. Where can everyone find you? Okay. So uh, on social media, mm-hmm. it's at partner with Pete. So uh, TikTok and Instagram. And then, you know, we've got a Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. But but definitely check out the community, landconquest.com. And, uh, you know, start start joining in the community, reading all the posts. If, even if you just want to be a lurker and just read everything, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the training program is, is in the classroom section of that. So Right there. Well, awesome. I feel like we should be ending with some sort of like awkward handshake, but like, you know, like. <laughs> you want to do an awkward handshake? No, like, you oh. know, like, well, I don't know. We create one or something, <laughs> okay. but I'm just not that. I'm just not that into it right okay. now. So we'll, we'll next work on week that. we've got another extremely, actually, I'm really excited for next week's episode. So okay. that will be fun. And at the beginning of the year, everyone was kind of like, I don't know if you guys feel the excitement, but I do go back through and listen to some of the old episodes, mm, kind of yeah. cherry pick which ones, you know, catch your interest. It's a great way to learn a lot. Um, the other resources I want to point out is your flipping your, um, your f- 51st 51st deals, uh-huh. yes. 51st deals. If you go to the website turningprofit.com, mm-hmm. you will see uh, right at the top there is a box to sign up for put your name and email address in there. I'll send you a video where I walk through the 51st deals that we did in land flipping. So those are like I walk through each and every one of those mm-hmm. deals, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how much profit we made, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Notes on what went well, what went wrong. And uh, yes, yeah, so you can learn a lot about that process. Right. And so. then I'm going to throw away your phone oh, or your this watch. Is my watch. I don't know if yeah, people it, are calling me on my watch. That thing's going to be taken away. Um, and then the last resource I want to point out is your monthly income reports, because that's another super, super um, encouraging. Yes. You know, you learn a lot from that and you see what the business looks like before, you know, you jump in and see what, what the potential is and also how you have scaled it. I like that one because it's like you can see where it started in the beginning to where we are. And there's a lot you add a lot of insight into each deal so that people can see your growth as along with the company's growth. Yep. And that will keep them way busy. And yeah, you go down a whole rabbit hole of yeah, all this. Where and do I you think, find that? OK, that can be found in our community. Uh, there's a in the classroom tab. You'll see a section there for the uh, land flipping income reports. Well, so, I think we've done it there all. Go. Happy New Year, everybody. We Happy can't New wait Year. to see you next week. All right. OK, bye. Thanks. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.